Hello, and welcome back. And a happy new year to you, my friend. I hope that whatever way you spent the last few weeks had been full of being kind to yourself, and catching your breath before the year begins in you. As you can see, I've been busy too. Finally had the opportunity to clear out this conservatory and bring some comfy chairs and a coffee table in here. Glass panels around us here, they're a little tricky to clean, but it gives the space more sunlight and I'll help these plants grow. I've planted some ferns, different bushes, and there's a small orange tree just planted in that corner too. It's gonna smell incredible when they bloom. It's definitely the time for planting seeds, don't you think? I'm sure. The rain can be pretty heavy on the windows right now. It might give away to snow in the next month, but small beginnings are still beginnings. My uncle wrote about this rain on a postcard that he sent to my dad once. Compared it to the botanical gardens in Central Park. The white metal lattice work there around the windows has echoes of that. He said that in the summer, sipping iced tea, listening to the bird songs here was something he longed for in the wintertime. I think I can see why. I wonder if N, woman in that photo, would have sat here with him, listening the vinyl records together. I have a tale here for you. I've picked especially for this evening about the importance of being happy with what we have and the consequences of wishing for too much. I think you enjoy it. So, if you're comfortable, then we'll begin. This is The Fisherman and His Wife by the Brothers Grimm. There was, once upon a time, a fisherman who lived with his wife in a miserable pigsty close by the sea. And every day he went out fishing. And once... He was sitting with his rod, looking at the clear water, and his line suddenly went down, far down below. And when he drew it up again, brought out a large flounder. And the flounder said to him, Listen, you fisherman, I pray you, let me live. I'm no flounder, really, but an enchanted prince. What good would it do for you to kill me? I shouldn't be good to eat, so put me in the water again and let me go. Come, said the fisherman, there's no need for so many words about it. A fish that can talk I shall certainly let go. And with that, he put him back again into the clear water, and the flounder went to the bottom, leaving a long streak of blood behind him. Then the fisherman got up and went home to his wife in the pigsty. Husband, said the woman, have you caught nothing today? No, said the man. I did catch a flounder who said that he was an enchanted prince, so I did let him go again. Did you not wish for anything first, said the woman? No, said the man. What should I wish for? Ah, said the woman. It's surely hard for you to have live always in this dirty pigsty, but you might have wished for a small cottage for us. Go back and call him. Tell him that we want to have a small cottage, and he'll certainly give us that. Oh, said the man. Why should I go there again? Why, said the woman. You did catch him, and you did let him go again, so he's sure to do it. Go, at once. The man still did not quite like the idea to go, but did not like to oppose his wife, and he went to the sea. When he got there, the sea was all green and yellow and no longer so smooth. So he stood still and said, Flounder, flounder, in the sea. Come, I pray you, hear to me. For my good wife, good Isabel, has sent me here against my will. And the flounder came swimming to him and said, Well, what does she want then? 
Ah, said the man. I did catch you, and my wife says I really ought to have wished for something. She does not like to live in a wretched pigsty any longer. She'd like to have a cottage. Go then, said the flounder. She has it already. When the man went home, his wife was no longer in the pigsty, but instead of it there stood a small cottage, and she was sitting on a bench before the door. And she took him by the hand and said to him, Just come inside. Look, now isn't this a great deal better? So they went in, and there was a small porch, and a pretty little parlour and bedroom, and a kitchen and pantry, with the best of furniture, and fitted up with the most beautiful things made of tin and brass, whatever was wanted. Behind the cottage there was a small yard, with hens and ducks, and a little garden with flowers and fruit. Look, said the wife, is that not nice? Yes, said the husband, so we should always think it. Now we live quite content. We will think about that, said the wife. With that, they ate something, and they went to bed. Everything went well for a week or a fortnight. Then the woman said, Listen, husband, this cottage is far too small for us, and the garden and the yard are little. The flutter might just as well have given us a larger house. I should like to live in a great stone castle. So go to the flounder and tell him to give us a castle. Ah, wife, said the man, cottage is quite good enough. Why should we live in a castle? What? said the woman. Just go down there. Flunder can always do that. No, wife, said the man. The flunder has just given us the cottage. I do not like to go back so soon. It might make him angry. Go, said the woman. He can do it quite easily, and he'll be glad to do it. Just you go to him. The man's heart grew heavy, and he didn't want to go. He said to himself, it's not right. And yet, he went. And when he came to the sea, the water was quite purple and dark blue and grey and thick, no longer so green and yellow, but it was still quiet. And he stood there and said, Flounder, flounder in the sea, come, I pray you, hear to me. For my wife, good Isabel, has sent me here against my will. Well, what does she want then? said the flounder. Alas, said the man, half scared, she wants to live in a great stone castle. Go to it then, she's standing before the door said the flounder. Then the man went away, intending to go home. But when he got there, he found a great stone palace, and his wife was standing on the steps going in. And she took him by the hand and said, Come in. So he went in with her. And in the castle was a great hall paved with marble, and many servants, who flung the doors wide. And the walls were all bright with beautiful hangings, and in the room were chairs and tables of pure gold, and crystal chandeliers hung from the ceiling and all of the rooms and bedrooms had carpets, and food and wine of the very best were standing on all of the tables, so that they nearly broke down beneath the weight. Behind the house, too, there was a great courtyard, with stables for horses and cows, and the very best of carriages. There was a magnificent large garden, too, with the most beautiful flowers and fruit trees, and a park half a mile long, in which there were stags and deer and hares, and everything that could be desired. Come said the woman. Isn't that beautiful? Yes, indeed, said the man. Now, let it be, and we'll live in this beautiful castle and we'll be content. We will consider about that, said the woman, and sleep upon it. Then they went to bed. The next morning, the wife awoke first, and it was just daybreak. And from her bed she saw the beautiful country lying before her. 
Her husband was still stretching himself, so she poked him in the side with her elbow and said, Get up, husband. Just peep out that window. Look you. Couldn't we be the king over all of that land? Go to the flounder. We will be the king. Ah, wife, said the man. Why should we be king? I don't want to be king. Well, said the wife, if you won't be king, I will. Go to the flounder, for I will be king. Wife, said the man, why do you want to be king? I don't want to say that to him. Why not, said the man. Go to him this instance, I must be king. So the man went and was quite unhappy because his wife wished to be king. It's not right, it's not right, thought he. He did not wish to go, but yet he went. And when he came to the sea and it was quite dark grey and the water heaved up from below and it smelt putrid. Then he went and stood by it and said, Flounder, flounder in the sea. Come, I pray you, hear to me. For my wife, good Isabel, has sent me here against my will. Well, what does she want then? said the flounder. Alas, said the man, she wants to be king. Go to her, she is king already. So the man went, and when he came to the palace, the castle had become much larger, and had a great tower and magnificent ornaments. And the sentinel was standing before the door, and there were numbers of soldiers with kettle drums and trumpets. And when he went inside the house, everything was made of real marble and gold, with velvet covers and great golden tassels. Then the doors of the hall were opened, and there in the court, in all of its splendour, his wife was sitting on a high throne of gold and diamonds, with a great crown of gold on her head, and a scepter of pure gold and jewels in her hand. On both sides of her stood her mates and waiting in a row, each of them always one head shorter than the last. And he went and stood before her and said, Wife, now you are king. Yes, said the woman, now I am king. So he stood and looked at her, and when he looked at her thus for some time, he said, And now that you are king, let all else be. Now we will wish for nothing more. Nay, husband, said the woman quite anxiously, I find some time passes very heavily, and I can bear it no longer. Go to the flounder. I am king, but I must be emperor too. Alas, wife, why do you wish to be emperor? Husband, said she, go to the flounder. I will be emperor. Alas, wife, said the man, he cannot make you emperor. I may not say that to the fish. There is only one emperor in the land. An emperor the flounder cannot make you. I assure you, he cannot. What? said the woman. I am the king, and you are nothing but my husband. Will you go this moment? Go at once. And if he can make a king, he can make an emperor. I will be emperor, so go instantly. So he was forced to go. As the man went, however, he was troubled in mind, and thought to himself, it will not end well. It will not end well. Emperor is too shameless. The flounder will at last be tired out. With that, he reached the sea, and the sea was quite black and thick, and it began to boil up from below, so that it threw up bubbles. Such a sharp wind blew over it that it curdled, and the man was afraid. Then he went and stood by it and said, Flounder, flounder in the sea. Come, I pray you, hear to me. For my wife, good Isabel, has sent me here against my will. Well, what does she want then? said the flounder. 
Alas, Flander, said he, my wife wants to be emperor. Go to her, said the Flander. She's emperor already. So the man went, and when he got there, the whole palace was made of polished marble with alabaster figures and golden ornaments, and soldiers were marching before the door blowing trumpets and beating cymbals and drums, and in the house barons and counts and dukes were going about as if servants. Then they opened the doors to him, which were made of pure gold. And when he entered, there sat his wife on a throne, which was made of one piece of gold and was at least two miles high. And she wore a great golden crown that was three yards high and set with diamonds and carbuncles. And in one hand she had the scepter and in the other the imperial orb. And on both sides of her stood the yeoman of the yard, two rows, each being smaller than the one before him, from the biggest giant who was two miles high to the very smallest dwarf, just as big as my little finger. And before it stood a number of princes and dukes. And the man went in and stood among them and said, Wife, are you emperor now? Yes, said she. Now I am emperor. Then he stood and looked at her well. And when he looked at her for some time, he said, Wife, be content, now that you are emperor. Husband, said she, why are you standing there? Now I am emperor, but I will be the pope too. Go to the flounder. Alas, wife, said the man. What will you not wish for? He cannot be pope. There is only one in Christendom. He cannot make you pope. Husband, said she, I will be pope. Go immediately. I must be pope this very day. No, wife, said the man. Do not want to say that to him. That would not do. This is too much. The flounder cannot make you pope. Husband, said she, what nonsense. If you can make an emperor, you can make a pope. Go to him directly. I am emperor, and you are nothing but my husband. Will you go at once? Then he was afraid and went. But he was quite faint, and shivered and shook. His knees and legs trembled. And a high wind blew over the land, and the clouds flew. And towards evening all grew dark. And the leaves fell from the trees, and the water rose and roared as if it were boiling, and splashed upon the shore. And in the distance he saw ships which were firing guns in distress, pitching and tossing on the waves. And yet, in the midst of the sky there was a small bit of blue, though on every side it was as red as a heavy storm. Full of despair, he went and stood in much fear and said, Flounder, flounder in the sea. Come, I pray you, hear to me. For my wife, good Isabel, has sent me here against my will. Well, what does she want then? said the flounder. Alas, said the man, she wants to be pope. Go to her then, said the flounder. She is pope already. So he went, and when he got there, he saw what seemed to be a large church surrounded by palaces. He pushed his way through the crowd. Inside, however, everything was lighted up with thousands and thousands of candles, and his wife was clad in gold, and she was sitting on a much higher throne, and had three great golden crowns on and round about her there was much ecclesiastical splendour. On both sides of her was a row of candles, the largest of which was as tall as the very tallest tower, down to the smallest kitchen candle. And all of the emperors and kings were on their knees before her, kissing her shoes. Wife, said the man, and looked attentively at her. Are you now Pope? Yes, said she. I am Pope. So he stood, and he looked at her. 
and it was just as if he was looking at the bright sun. When he had stood looking at her thus for a short time, he said, Ah, wife, if you're now Pope, do let well enough alone. But she looked as stiff as a post, and did not move or show any signs of life. Then, said he, Wife, now that you're a Pope, be satisfied. You cannot become anything greater now. I will consider about that, said the woman. At this, they both went to bed, but she was not satisfied, and greediness let her have no sleep, for she was continually thinking about what was left for her to be. The man slept well and soundly, for he had run about a great deal during the day, but the woman could not fall asleep at all, and flung herself from one side to the other the whole night through, thinking always what more was left for her to be, but unable to call to mind anything else. At length the sun began to rise, and when the woman saw the red of dawn, she sat up in bed and looked at it. And when, through the window, she saw the sun thus rising, she said, Cannot I, too, order the sun and the moon to rise? Husband, she said, poking at him in the ribs with her elbow, Wake up, go to the flounder, for I wish to be like God is. The man was still half asleep, but he was so horrified that he fell out of his bed. He thought he must have heard wrong, and rubbed his eyes, and said, Alas, wife, what are you saying? Husband, said she, if I cannot order the sun and the moon to rise, and have to look on and see the sun and moon rising, I cannot bear it. I shall not know what it is to have another happy hour, unless I can make them rise myself. Then she looked at him so terribly that a shudder ran through him, and said, Go at once, I wish to be like God. Alas, wife, said the man, fallen on his knees before her. The flounder cannot do that. He can make an emperor and a pope. I beseech you, go on as you are, be pope. Then she fell into a rage, and her hair flew widely about her head, and she cried, I will not endure this. I'll not bear it any longer. Will you go? So he put on his treasures and ran away like a madman. But outside a great storm was raging, and blowing so hard that he could scarcely keep his feet. Houses and trees toppled over, the mountains trembled, rocks rolled into the sea, the sky which pitched black, and it thundered and lightened. The sea came in with black waves as high as church towers and mountains, and all of the crests of white foam on top. Then he cried, but he could not even hear his own words. Flounder, flounder in the sea, come, I pray you, hear to me. For my good wife, Isabel, has sent me here against my will. Well, what does she want then? said the flounder. Alas, said he, she wants to be like God. Go to her, and you will find her back again in a dirty pigsty. And there they are living still, at this very time. You know, I suspected that the wife was going to ask to become the flounder that her insatiable greed would land her on a fisherman's plate, but I guess that's a little too dark for Brothers Grimm. Well, it's that time again, so I will wish you a good night, my friend. I hope you enjoyed that tale, and that you sleep well tonight. You deserve that. <laughs>